Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray The Rehearsal, Season 1, Episode 2, Scion. This episode originally aired July 22nd, 2022. Welcome to the Rehearsal Recap Podcast, where I take a deep dive into each episode of Nathan Fielder's hit show. Join me as I break down the moments that make us laugh, cry, and shake our heads in disbelief. Uh, In this episode... We have Nathan Fielder traveling to Oregon. He went from New York to Oregon, uh, and he's helping a woman named Angela to prepare for motherhood. Uh, this episode is he's the plan is to simulate raising a child from zero to eighteen years old. Uh, we're also introduced to a character or a person that's going to be potentially uh, the simulation husband named Robin. We're going to be introduced to him and his uh, constant reminder of him crashing his Scion at 100 miles an hour. Uh, We also have in this episode robot babies, Bigfoot conspiracy theories, uh, obsessions with numbers and Christianity. Uh, And uh, we also find out, you know, the overall theme of this, this episode, I would say, is that it can be scary Letting new people into a new person into your life can be very scary. You have to open your heart. You have to open your heart not knowing their motives uh, and even wishing for the best. Uh, they can still disappoint you. And that that is a, to put it, put it Nathan's going to be introduced to uh, some very interesting people. Uh, that are even a little bit, a uh, little, little bit more uh, on the the uh, interesting side and obscure side than even Nathan is, I would say. Uh, so in this episode, we have Nathan Fielder. This episode opens, I should say, with Nathan Fielder directing this very mysterious baby swapping scene uh, at the beginning of the episode. Where you see on the camera somebody's putting a hat on the baby, and they're like, "Oh, we got to put a hat. We got to make sure they match, right?" The 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 questioning of what is going on at the beginning of this episode very weird. Uh, they have a person bringing this baby through a window. They have to climb up a ladder. Very triumphant music playing. They're when the they're able to swap the baby out. Everybody's like congratulating the people who took part in this weird opening to this this show, this episode of this show. That's very very crazy. Uh, and like I said, this episode focuses on a two month simulation. So this is a simulation that does not end in this episode. It's going to be taking place over two months. Uh, over parenting a child from 0 to 18 for a woman named Angela, as I said, uh, who's delayed having kids many times. She's in her in her 40s now. She's 44. Uh, and she's just been waiting for the perfect time to have a kid. Uh, and, you know, v- very interesting person. We get to get to find out a lot more about her, uh, which is very, as, uh, as this episode go- goes on, uh, so Fielder is helping Angela find a partner as well uh, to participate in this simulation. You need a, you know, assuming she's going to have a kid, then we would also assume that she's going to be married, right? And sh- of course, she has the highest of standards for that as well. Not only waiting for the perfect time to have a kid, but also only settling for the the most perfect person. Um, so. To create the simulation, Nathan moves her into a house uh, because that's what her dream, like he's basically, you know, he's the dream maker. He's the Willy Wonka, right? Trying to do what he thinks is necessary to accomplish the situation. So he moves her from her apartment to to a house in Oregon, you know, that that would be uh, fitting for her dreams coming true. Uh, And... uh, she wants the house. She wants the house to be able to go off grid. We start to hear a little bit more of her eccentricities about her her specifics, uh, where she feels like you know the reason why she wants to be able to go off grid is because she thinks that Wi-Fi 
the radiation from Wi-Fi will harm the baby's brains, right? So she's she's one of those she's on those subreddits and uh, part of those Facebook groups uh, where she thinks the Wi-Fi is going to damage the baby's brains, uh, and uh, you know Nathan trying to relate. Uh, shares that you know he has a lot of fears that even the smallest mistakes for a child can lead to you know a lifetime of repercussions so you know trying to go along with her her worries of these small issues that may or may not be legitimate uh, so they get they start to start this process he's simulating uh, the adoption process using real moms giving their kids that are going to be used for the simulation giving their kids to angela even going so far as to elaborating to why these moms would be giving up their kids for adoption right sparing no expense to make this simulation as authentic as possible uh which is kind of you know sad to hear these moms who are you know letting their kids be part of this wild idea telling this woman who may or may not be mentally stable why they are unfit parents and why they would be happy for uh for her to take over these babies um she decides to name the baby adam right and her reasoning is because she knew a guy named adam once and uh you know it's it's a strong name or whatever and uh, the idea is to have these babies, uh, these kids, age three years per week, right? So every day, and there's a law in Oregon where kids can only work for four hours. So that is kind of explains that baby swap at the beginning of this episode where they have to swap these kids out, starting off with babies, every four hours, right? So you have basically four so you have like what four different kids throughout the day and then there's a robot baby that gets put in the crib at night so they don't have to use real babies and they will have somebody manning the robot to make the crying sounds to simulate the the times that angela is going to have to wake up in the middle of the night to take care of this baby so it's very meticulously planned they they have to have so many people involved all of these different kids so you know, of of age ranges from, you know, three years, you know, from being a baby to then three years old to then six years old to then nine years old, right? Every week, this these babies are going to uh, be getting exponentially older. And his intention is to make these swaps seamless. So we see scenes of, like, them switching the babies out while they're she's at the store uh, switching these babies out as we saw while they're in the crib and just trying to make it as seamless as possible. Um, and Angela has her own kind of ideas of what she would do as a parent and her, you know, ideas of how to calm a baby down, wanting to put lavender oil on the baby's feet to help calm it down. Lavender, the scent of lavender is supposedly a very soothing scent. I myself will light lavender incense as a way to kind of calm and relax. And I'm sure there is a level to that, but I don't think you're going to necessarily... It's not, it's not as powerful of a control that will you know keep babies from crying from doing the thing they one of the only things they're able to do uh but nathan making sure he you know dots his eyes crosses his t's has to you know which makes sense asking the mom getting permission from the mom is like is it okay and of course the moms are like yeah i don't care she can do it as long as she's not like harming the baby Right? I don't care if there's Wi-Fi. I don't care if there's lavender oil. Uh, and in an attempt to recruit a husband for this simulation, uh, Angela has a series of Tinder dates, which are hilarious to listen to. I mean, one of them, she's you know going on talking about 
Bible talk. And the guy's just kind of nodding and agreeing. And it gets to a point where she stops talking and he's still like nodding and agreeing. Like clearly not connected in any way to this woman's rantings of the minutia of Bibles and what she believes in and what she doesn't and why she doesn't read certain things that are involved with Christianity because she doesn't feel like and he's just like, mm hmm, mm hmm. And, he, and to listen to her kind of trail off and stop is hilarious as, a, as well, you know. Uh, and then finally she meets this guy named Robin, right? Our, our, our other main character, almost more of a focus of this episode than Angela in a lot of ways. She meets this kid named Robin who's more than 10 years younger than her, right? A younger guy, but they connect they connect in a way that's kind of mind-blowing because as we see the type of person Angela is, very highly Christian, very conspiratorial, definitely believes in a lot of the same th like that we've seen over the course of the pandemic, how just kind of effortlessly crazy people can get uh, in believing wackadoo ideas. It is almost a miracle that she meets with Robin and they share a similar obsession with religious things. Uh, they both come from troubled pasts where she, you know, would drink and smoke. And, you know, she was a troubled kid or whatever. And then she became a found, you know, a born again Christian and just became obsessed with that. And a similar thing with Robin, who at one point crashed his scion going 100 miles an hour, you know, and, uh, it's 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 kind of magical that they somehow found each other. It is it is amazing. And to see how they bond over things and he's like clearly obsessed with seeing signs and things and numbers constantly come up with what these different numbers means. And uh you know they go on a date but nothing's for sure. She's obviously a little bit tentative because of the age difference. Uh, but Fielder is becoming frustrated with Angela as we see cutscenes of her just kind of dancing around this house. Uh, he's, he's worried that Angela's not really fully invested in this uh, simulation, right? She's kind of using it as a vacation from life, right? She is participating in this thing where she gets to live in a house by herself. She hangs out with a baby during the day, but, you know, not really having too much ish at night the robot baby person that they hire is is sleep on the job right so she's not really having to deal with the realistic situation that that would happen with having a kid having to wake up throughout the night constantly um and then you know nathan gets on the robot baby guy and uh you know, make sure he's on point with the baby crying and the intensities of the crying. Like Nathan obviously wants every detail to be as honest and realistic as possible. Uh, and he has to micromanage this guy, which is just crazy, right? This, this guy who, you know, was chosen because he said he's a night owl, right? Supposedly would have no problem staying up all night to do this very simple job to just stay awake and then to observe a baby that's crying, a real baby that's crying. Every time that baby cries, this guy would have to push a button depending on the intensity of the crying whenever the real baby cries. F really easy job. Really easy job. And Nathan Fielder's having to micromanage the situation, which is just kind of ridiculous kind of ridiculous so nathan in many ways is surrounded by people that aren't taking this stuff seriously right nathan is taking all of these things as serious as possible which is kind of crazy and then he has these crazy people that are not taking this seriously at all so he confronts a night shift guy meaning that angela having to get up through the night she's actually having to take care of this robot baby uh, is motivating her to get this simulation hum husband. So she goes on a date uh, with Robin. And in that, 
It is her responsibility, because this is a simulation, she needs to arrange for a babysitter because it is her kid in this simulation. It is not the crew's job to just come in and babysit, you know, but she is not clearly not as invested. She she's living a life that is for very detached from normal life and even more so detached from this crazy simulation that she's a part of. Right? So Nathan Fielder agrees to look over the ba look after the baby while she goes on another date with Robin because he's kind of the only one that she I mean they definitely have a lot in common despite the age difference but there's uh, their their psychoses match up very well I would say and so we're seeing cuts of Nathan dealing with this kid kind of in his Nathan Fielder awkward way dealing with this kid uh, looking up on online how to change a diaper as and then cutting back to Robin and Angela on this date. And one of the first times we cut to their date, they're walking, they're like go to a park or whatever. And Robin, obsessed with numbers and signs, he mentions to her that his birthday is April 17th. And he sees on license plates regularly the letters MVP. And when he got to the park, the first car he saw in the park, in the parking lot, had the license plates 417 MVP. Hand to God. That was, and it's like every moment, there's so many cuts of Robin talking about numbers and how they mean certain things. Like he's, he's obsessed with finding meaning in numbers, right? Which... I've never thought of people to ever... I've never known anybody to be that obsessed with numbers. Obviously, there's people that, you know, when they see 1111 on the clock, right? That's a special moment. Uh, stoners love it when they see 420 on the clock, right? But nothing to this level. Like, the level that Robin takes his obsession with m finding meaning in numbers that are everywhere. Everywhere. He finds meaning in these numbers. It's it's kind of crazy. Then she asks him at one point what his light what his dreams are in life. <laughs> and his answer is that, oh, I've always dreamed to be an NBA player. Like it, it's just like you know, you're watching this show where you have an adult in Nathan Fielder doing a very ridiculous thing in recreating big situations like recreating and simulating what it would be like for this woman to raise a child from 0 to 18 right insane but also part of the show kind of the premise of the show so it's like okay like at least it's insanity for a creative purpose but then he's introduced to these people in Angela who's like obsessed with Christianity and a very specific brand of Christianity and now this guy Robin who is similarly obsessed with Christianity but also obsessed with numbers and implying meaning to numbers that are everywhere and has a his life goal in life is to be an NBA player which is so clear <laughs> that that's not going to happen for him right it like it, it, it's it's as ridiculous it would have been just re as ridiculous as if he if he answered her question saying that his dream in life is to be santa claus right him saying he his dream is to be an nba player not that he couldn't have maybe been an nba player if he was good and trained and was way taller but regardless you know, he just never saw the right numbers, right? The jerseys, he couldn't get the right number on his jersey. So that's why he never made it to the NBA. Let's take a little break from the show to promote the benefits of Inspired Disorder Plus. So you go inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Sign up, $5 a month. You get to binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free. You get to watch all of the live painting videos I do. You get a special members-only discount and deals for all of the artwork and merch that I sell. You also get the complete 
podcast back catalog of every podcast I've ever produced, hundreds of episodes, countless different podcasts. You also get access to my personal blog. A new blog comes out every week. In addition to that, you get my creative writing that I'm releasing. You also get access to asking me anything. 14 years of experience podcasting. I've been creating art my entire life. I've been using Photoshop since middle school. And you can contact me to ask me questions about that or anything else. So those are the benefits for signing up for Inspired Disorder Plus. And now let's get back to the show. And then, of course, we cut back to, as I said, Nathan changing the baby's diaper, like having the laptop up on the changing table, trying to scroll and like deal with the the thing at the same time. Pretty hilarious. Uh, just watching Nathan uh, just struggling to do normal things. Uh, and then she comes back. She had a good date. Uh, she took all of the coincidences as a plus. Uh, and she's apparently obsessed with numbers too. Maybe not to the level that he is, but it was, she didn't have any zero red flags, zero red flags, right? In this episode, seemingly, I'm sure, I mean, it's a reality TV show, so they just cut the stuff that they want to cut but let me tell you there are so many cuts so many moments where robin is opening his mouth and saying a thing that should be for most human beings a red flag and similarly with angela in a lot of ways we were kind of just a little bit more subtle with her it's definitely more on robin in this episode but she has no problem with it so she invites him over for a third date, invites him over to this house, you know, and in an attempt to propose to him to propose the opportunity to be the simulation husband in this wacky thing, right? And then we see Angela praying in like under her breath, but we can hear it. They turn it up. It's kind of hissy, right? You got that, right? But you can hear her doing this prayer. And it's this like kind of shows the type of person she is uh her prayer is i just pray father that you would place your hand heavy upon this production lord heavy upon nathan that even if they think they are choreographing or guiding this process that they will see that it is not them that it is you god you are the one that holds the world the world together and on its axis father right like in some ways, I, maybe, you know, she doesn't seem scared, but I could see somebody praying if they are in a situation like that, praying like that if they're in a situation that they may feel danger, maybe? I don't know, but it just it feels like, you know, there is a brand of Christianity that goes hand-in-hand hand with conspiracy and goes hand in hand with using Christianity as a way to, as like a, a wild card for not believing in things you just don't feel like believing in. Whether it be medicine and vaccines or what a show is goals are. You know, but very like, an interesting thing right so anyway robin shows up and uh for their third date and angela asks robin if he wants to meet adam like he's like she's like oh by the way i have a kid inside it's not my kid but there's a kid inside that i'm using to see if i want to have a kid right you kind of hear her trying to sell him on this idea trying to explain what what's going on what this crazy situation is uh, you know, clarifies that it's not her baby. It's for this project, this simulation. And then there's cameras everywhere. I would hope that he sees the cameras everywhere, but maybe he didn't. And she mentions that at night there's a robot baby that goes in. And he's kind of laughing about it. Not really, you know, I, I think he's more focused on he has a different goal and he doesn't really care doesn't seem to be processing the reality of this situation 
but she <clears throat> asks him to co-parent and he's kind of into it right he's you know i think he's thinking with his other head in a lot of ways and just uh, being agreeable just to continue this to see what he can get out of this situation and he seems into it uh and then they're sitting down and she's talking to him about purity you know like what his thoughts are on premarital sex and he's like oh yeah i'm like uh you know kind of beating around the bush but like i'm into it you know i definitely have sex before marriage and then she's like nah not me i am waiting till a ring gets on my finger i am saving myself for marriage right which considering the life she had before it's kind of unbelievable that she's a virgin not that say that she couldn't be you know maybe she was into drugs and drinking as a kid and never rebelled in a sexual way you know maybe it, you know crazier things have happened you know i'm sure yeah I'm sure robin has plenty of numbers that would explain crazier things but she's waiting for marriage which kind of shuts him down but you know he still thinks he's going to be able to you know maneuver his way finagle make it make it work uh but he's into it still right he's still into it as he leaves nathan goes out you know introduce himself and then just kind of confirm that he wants to be part of this thing because obviously there's a whole production going on he has to and nathan's very thorough with everything he does uh and he invites him he's like okay if you're into it you can come over for the night and then we'll we'll see how this thing goes and he's like yeah cool that actually works out perfect he's having problems with his his roommate uh and he his big problem with his roommate is that he doesn't believe in jesus um and that's a big problem for him right so he's not only obsessed with numbers but also very obsessed with with christianity so very much like it's it's amazing how these two people met each other angela and robin uh but nathan decides to go with robin to go collect his things for the night and also do his due diligence get to know this person uh because these parents are having to trust are trusting nathan to you know not put their babies in harm so he has to try and make sure that robin isn't going to do crazy things which you know on some level maybe not violence but there is a level of <sighs> grooming that can happen with religiously obsessed people but they're still dealing with babies so you know it's a little bit too early for them to be trying to change the minds of the kids but so so nathan goes and on their trip we see so many of these cuts of Robin noticing these number coincidences, right? So first off, he's like texting while driving. He's got his phone in his lap. He's kind of constantly looking down. Nathan's worried. He's like, you want me to hold that for you? He's got his maps also up to get home it's a long drive he doesn't did not live close to wherever this place was but nathan offers to hold the phone for him and dude's like oh no that's cool you know i can i usually do it when it's on my lap meanwhile his favorite story to tell throughout this episode is how he wrecked his scion going 100 miles an hour right so nathan's holding his phone he sees on the dash you know oh 33 miles till my tank is empty uh you know jesus died at 33 you know so that's a sign uh 55 on the mileage oh that's that that means big change i, I don't know why 55 means big change uh transformation and not just big change big change transformation and grace is what 55 for those that don't know 55 means big change transformation and grace uh, the time is 622. The number 22 uh, means that it's uh, all dreams and desires will be turning into reality because it's the 22, 622. 
and then uh, he sees the number 88 somewhere, and 88 means new beginnings. Uh, and he points at the clock. Oh, it's approaching 644. And after I totaled my Scion going 100 miles an hour, I got a Focus just like that for $200. I don't know what that means. I, I mean, obviously, 44 probably means something to them, but they're in the parking lot of a gas station, and there happens to be a Scion, or not a Scion, a Focus that he got after he wrecked his Scion going 100 miles an hour. But it's just like, it's just... Everything that he's saying, and clearly it's edited to highlight but still he talks about norm numbers more in this one trip from the production house to his apartment or his house than i've heard anybody talk about numbers in my entire life maybe not that much but still like more than the last decade for sure and not even like they don't even make any sense like it's approaching 644 and after I totaled my Scion going 100 miles an hour, I got a Focus that's like that one for 200 bucks. What does that mean? What, is, what does it matter that it's almost 644 on the clock? What does that have to do with you totaling your Scion going 100 miles an hour, which he brings up multiple times in this episode? What does it have to do with the fact that another person owns a Focus, but you got yours for 200 bucks? What does that all mean? It means nothing. I don't understand the connection. It's just he's just like saying things. So they finally get to Robin's place. Right? Oh, man. Okay, so they finally get to Robin's place. His room is full of mattresses for some reason. Right? It's like... If somebody wrote this character for a movie or a TV show, you wouldn't believe half of the things. You wouldn't believe that somebody would be so obsessed with numbers and talking about their meanings constantly. You wouldn't believe that that person also has multiple mattresses just stacked up in their bedroom for no reason. He tells Nathan that he's, he thinks that he's going to be having sex with Angela right nathan asks, do you wear condoms and he's like no not really um nathan notices that he's bringing a bong robin takes a hit so kind of sad for the you know weed smokers out there that you got this guy named robin although you know stoners and finding meaning in random things believing in conspiracy theories not that crazy not that big of a stretch so despite the fact that it's a bummer <laughs> that he's 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 not representing the the stoners in in the best light uh it's also not that surprising that he does smoke weed um and then he cuts to him in the the kitchen him in the living room we get to see his him interact with his roommate and he's telling his roommate he's like yeah i was gonna make a sandwich but there's no mayo and the roommate's like yeah uh i don't you just, I guess you need to buy mayo. I don't really use mayo, right? Pretty basic thing, but Robin feels put off that his roommate didn't just buy mayo. Like, what was on the clock, roommate? Did it say 44 Because you could have got mayo for less than $200 than what it cost him to get that focus. He sees the number 44. He saw number 44 mentioning that he saw the number 44 on a license plate. And the car had a baby on board sticker just like his Scion TC that he crashed at 100 miles an hour. Like, finding any way to bring up this Scion that he crashed. I think he thinks that it, he, it was a miracle that happened. Right? It seems like because he brings that up all the time that that is his miracle story that God saved him, right? Because he's blessed by God that he is a special person, that he survived crashing his Scion going 100 miles an hour. That's why he brings it up, because that is his story that God anointed him as a special person, is my feeling. Why he brings up, I mean, brings it up constantly, constantly. I mean, you can't, like... You can only edit in things that somebody says. It's not like they're playing the same time he's brought up 
crashing his sign at 100 miles an hour. Within this day, within this few hour span of him being in the show for this episode, he's brought it up probably six times. And his roommate's frustrated. I can't blame the guy. He's frustrated that this guy is so obsessed with random numbers and their coincidences and their meanings, as opposed to just being stoked about finding somebody that you're into that might work out long term. He has to justify and explain everything by these numbers that he sees. And of course, when Robin hears that, he like, you know, kind of like blows it off. Like he's looking just like, okay, dude, whatever, whatever with your like regular ways of thinking. Okay. I, did you not hear that? I crashed my scion going at a hundred miles an hour. Okay. And there was a license plate that had number 44 on it and 55 new beginnings and all that stuff. I want to take a quick break from the show to let you all know that there is official merch for the Ray Taylor Show. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com. You can get t-shirts, different artwork available, different designs, all on high-quality materials in all the sizes. There's also iPhone cases made of biodegradable material. That's right. This is not bad for the environment. This is good for the environment. So all of those designs that are available on t-shirts are also available on phone cases designed by me, sold by me. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com to support the Ray Taylor show and promote it out in the world so all of the people in your life can see that you are a fan of the Ray Taylor show. Now, let's get back to that very show right now. And then they get into an argument, right? It just escalates from there. We don't really see how it escalates, but it, it, I can't imagine it escalated based on anything real or tangible. It just seems like Robin likes to be confrontational about people that don't fall into his delusion and he's like what are you stepping to what are you stepping to and the roommate's just like squash it squash it man we don't need to talk about this and the roommate's like what do you even mean which i can't imagine that being the first time he's thought or said that to robin what do you even mean right because in that gas station, when he pointed out that focus, I would be asking the same thing. Most of the time, I'd be like, what do you mean? How do you know that those numbers mean those things? What is this? What is these definitions you're putting to these numbers and shit? This is ridiculous. This is like, this is like somebody who has their, their faith is based on fortune cookies. But not the back of fortune cookies, where it's just the numbers. Like, that's the key to the universe. The, the, the key to the universe is matching up the, the saying that's on the front of the fortune cookie to the numbers that appear on the back. It's what it feels like. And they get to a point where he's like, well, just, you know, you, you know, you step into me, bro. You step into me, bro. Let's go. And then, you know, Robin's like, oh, God bless. God bless you, bro. Right. Which is, it's hilarious those times where somebody, this an agro-Christian will escalate a situation and then use their Christian sayings as a way for them to feel like they are going the high road, right? That they are the moral, the moral superior in this situation, because they say god bless you be blessed right it's like oh be blessed yeah okay um and then as he's leaving leaving uh you know he refers to his roommate as a demon he's like the demons don't like the truth right because that's that's another thing Right. You if a Christian, somebody who's obsessed with Christianity, right, like obsessed with Christianity, anybody that's not is a demon, worships demons, worships the devil. 
their, their MO when it comes to how they protect themselves by feeling morally superior to everybody else is hilarious. Their go-tos. And Nathan offers to drive because obviously Robin got high and Robin's like, oh, that's fine. I get high and drive all the time, which that's not too. I mean, it's, you know, I never liked driving high. I hated it. You know, you definitely don't drive reckless. You drive tend to. Most people drive way more paranoid, way more careful. And uh, Nathan also notices there's no license plate on the car. And Robin's like, yeah, that's fine. There's no problem there. And Nathan's like, nah, this is this is not going to happen. So he ends up driving. And uh, even on the drive back, he's like, oh, 77 on the cross. Uh, it's oh, number 33. They go to a drive through. He gets food because obviously munchies. He sees the number 88. Ooh, 88. Right, he's pointing out these numbers still as they're going back. Uh, and then when he gets there, Angela's like, so uh, when the baby wakes up in the middle of the night and starts crying, you're the one that's going to have to go take care of the baby. Because that's the person she's it. You know, she doesn't she, she clearly not invested at all, not wanting to actually participate in this thing and do the work necessary and really only wants him around to do the things that she doesn't want to do you know and uh you know he's like yeah right and uh as they're going up to bed to sleep in separate rooms obviously they don't know only went on three dates whatever and she's the perfect christian why would she why would she and she even mentions that my christian friends they'd be so shocked that I, I stayed the night in the same house with somebody and we're, they're not my husband. They would be so shocked. So it's clearly she's, you know, in a cult of people that all practice the same brand of Christianity, the, the very culty, delusional version of Christianity, which there's many versions of that, that I would say probably uh, check those boxes. So they're sleeping in separate rooms. Uh, the night shift robot guy is talking with Nathan about his Sasquatch, that the government has Sasquatch liaisons that communicate with Bigfoot, and that's why you never see him. Which is just like, it's, it's amazing that in this show and in this episode that Nathan Fielder somehow surrounded himself by people that are exponentially more crazy than Nathan. You know, Nathan, who wants to simulate reality in order to know the answers to the question before they're asked. And you have uh, a Bigfoot believer conspiracy guy. You've got a guy who's obsessed with numbers and, and Christianity. You have a woman that's clearly obsessed with Christianity. And Nathan somehow coming out of this episode seeming like the only sane person in this whole scenario is mind-blowing that he comes out of an episode seeming like the same person but of course because nathan's there uh making sure that the robot baby is crying uh you know he finds out robin ends up leaving at night and this is where we hear the voiceover at the end of the episode where nathan's kind of reflecting on the episode and he says it could be scary letting a new person into your life as i mentioned at the beginning of this episode it's kind of the I would say a major theme of this episode because so many people have been let into his life and each other's because, you know, <clears throat> you have to open your heart not knowing their motives, right? She had to open her heart not knowing what Robin's motives were, but I thought it kind of seemed pretty clear. His motives were trying to get laid, trying to get out of this house where he's him and his roommate are clearly living in two different realities. Uh, but even wishing for the best, uh, people can disappoint you, which is, uh, you know, it, it's not only in this episode a poignant statement, but very a poignant statement in life. Definitely something, you know, especially the older I get, the 
more I really try and cut people out of my life and to let somebody into my life. I am very guarded with who I let into my life. I do not trust many people because of my life and my traumas growing up. Uh, so, you know, this statement definitely, I, you know, is something that hit, hit me, touched close to home, I guess you could say. Um, that, yeah, you, you know, you don't, when you start dating somebody, you start a friendship with somebody, you start uh, doing anything with somebody, whether it's working with somebody, you don't know their intentions, you don't know what their motives are, and you just kind of have to hope for the best. And even when you do so, you can be disappointed. And in that moment, Robin leaves, right? He's like, I'm not doing this. This is not worth it. I'm not taking care of this baby all night. Uh, and then we see Nathan walking through this warehouse, and we see that Nathan brought the fake bar from New York to Oregon, and it didn't even fit. He didn't want to throw it away. Uh, and he says that it's nice to have something familiar around. Uh, and even in the suite that he's staying in, he brought his cats uh, to kind of have that feeling of home. When everything is so temporary, uh, you long for something more permanent. Uh, and uh, he brings Angela into the bar, the trivia bar from the first episode, to talk to her. Uh, and to apologize for what happened with Robin, right? Not Clearly not Nathan's intention. And he kind of pitches her the idea of him joining the simulation, right? Because in many ways, it's something that, you know, a, a lot of what this show is, is almost Nathan working out his own issues through other people. So he asks her if it's okay to join the simulation. Uh, and he thinks it could be beneficial for him too. Uh, and she, you know, she wants more communication. She doesn't want to be, you know, kind of, uh, she wants to be in the loop as it were. And uh, Nathan doesn't want to overstep any bounds. Obviously, the power dynamic where he's kind of in charge of this whole thing. And he doesn't want, it's not a romantic thing that he just thinks that the same thing that she's hoping to get out of the simulation, he feels he might be able to get out as well. So that's why he wants to participate. You know, and uh, she says that, you know, she doesn't like to just make uh, quick decisions she likes to prey on things he's like oh that's fine you can you know think about it and uh but she ends up just saying yes she didn't take her very long she's like yeah sure i mean she's not really invested in it you know she it feels like she wants to have more of an upper hand in this situation she wants to be in more control of how little she can do um and if nathan's in this then that's just somebody that she can pawn off on responsibility she can just focus on having fun living in this house for a couple months you know uh and then the episode ends with nathan basically following his advice from the first episode reading calling all the parents to notify them that he's going to be taking part in this simulation now and just to get all of the parents okay and as he's making all these phone calls to the many kids that are involved in this simulation over the two months uh he's going through his script his flow chart you know reading it this is like showing that like he you know he practices what he preaches i guess you could say like the things that he used to help the first person is a thing that he uses in his own life flow charts and trying to mitigate any kind of unknown and or, or unforeseen consequences to his conversations um so it, this episode ends with him calling all the parents and then bringing his cats into the house with him uh and that's the end of the episode and it's you know an interesting i mean it's clearly like part of an ongoing thing that's going to happen right it wasn't a one and done like the first episode was uh, where Angela is still taking part in this thing. Nathan's going to be part of it now. Uh, we see that Angela, very unique person, very religious person, also a little detached from reality, not super invested in the simulation. We get to meet Robin in this episode. 
seemed to be a perfect match with Angela's uniqueness, uh, but not into the difficulties of this whole simulation. Um, and Nathan, surrounded by strange people, stranger than him, uh, even the, the Bigfoot night shift guy, just like from all angles, Nathan seemed to be surrounded by people that made him seem like the normal guy, which is, was just pretty crazy. We also got to see Nathan using his flow charts from the, you know, showing the type of person he is, that he is definitely, this is the show, this is like a show that is created by a guy who feels like, I mean, this is like, he, you know, not just creating this, these dreams for other people, but doing something that he would find beneficial for himself, and that's why he's implanted himself now into the simulation and just further showing the next level in production with that opening scene and the amount of work going into swapping out these babies every four hours we saw the clock in the living room the countdown clock and you know seeing just similar to what we saw the level of detail in the production to recreate these simulations is by far next level seeing that he brought the entire fake bar over and put it in a warehouse it's like i don't know what kind of production budget they're working with they get this big house that they he can turn into for this this whole simulation thing uh having to get all the different the cast like the many kids you got four different kids per day for two months it's and each week there's a new set of kids that's so much that's so much it's just insane it's just insane so it's just like as the first episode was kind of a self-contained thing this one showing where this season's going kind of a first step in a longer process that's going to happen uh, but a great episode, you know, just another, just like when you thought Nathan was the crazy one in the first one, this episode comes along and shows you something completely unexpected, which I appreciate about this show. But I want to say thank you for checking out this episode of the Rehearsal Recap Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for my analysis of the next episode of the rehearsal and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. See you next week. New episodes of the Ray Taylor show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.